Welcome to the Whiteboard Session, examining our faith based on Luther's small catechism. This week, Pastor John continues our discussion on the Lord's Prayer, and we focus on the sixth petition, Lead Us Not Into Temptation. Let's listen in. Uh, welcome back as we continue on uh, with our study through the catechism. Uh, we, we are beginning here this day with the sixth petition, uh, Lead Us Not Into Temptation. So that will be our material for today. I hope everyone is doing well and that uh, the Lord continues to bless you and keep you and uh, that He continues to lead you by His Word and, and gives you the courage uh, to meet the days ahead, knowing full well that you are redeemed uh, by the body and blood of Christ. And um, we have a lot to be thankful for, I think, as we uh, hear God's Word and study it. And I encourage you always to study it, go to church, and um, receive the gifts uh, of absolution and forgiveness and uh, the long gospel and all these gifts. I encourage you to go and receive that at your local church. But here today, I think as we talk about prayer, and again, I, as a pastor, I know it's, that's one thing that is so important, is that we continue to pray. And I know you're thinking, I already know what that is. Yeah, 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 I know. But when, we're, when we know what we're up against, as we talk about today in Lead Us Not Into Temptation, uh, we very well know how vital prayer is. So in light of that, uh, why don't we pray? Our dear only Father, we, we thank you for this day, O Lord, um, as we have uh, come to this time uh, to, to study your word. Lord, we know uh, that temptation is great in our lives, but we also know that you are our great protector, that you guard and keep us firm in this faith, that you uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, bless us, uh, lead us, and, and continue to grant us um, your faith and endurance uh, to live in your name. For all these things, we are thankful for this time together. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, <clears throat> lead us not into temptation. What does this mean? As it reads in the Catechism, God tempts no one. We pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us so that the evil, the, the devil, the world, and all of our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice. Although we are attacked by these things, we pray that we may finally overcome them and win the victory. All right, so lead us not into temptation. Right? What is temptation? Temptation, the desire to turn away from the Lord. Now, again, uh, the Lord gives us his law. He gives us uh, the way in which we ought to love God and love neighbor. He sets the boundary, right? God is in control. We are not in control. God is our rule, and we are not our rule. God is our king, and we are not the king of our lives. But yet, temptation is there to turn that upside down, to turn away from the Lord, to turn away from his word, uh, to turn away from his law, his boundary, um, his guide, right? And this is what temptation does, right? It's always looking away from God's word, turning away from him. Um, and uh, we pray in this petition that in light of this, God would guard and keep us. Who is the culprit of this desire to turn away from the Lord? These are the enemies, world, the flesh, and the devil, 
the world, the flesh, and the devil. These are uh, the ways in which, uh, well, the devil works and the world works and the flesh works, always trying to turn away from the Lord. We very well know that in the flesh, uh, there we are born in this sin ever since the beginning um, with Adam and Eve. And in that sin of the flesh, uh, we too often uh, fail to love our neighbor uh, we, we rather turn to ourselves and love ourselves. Uh, we, we are tempted by laziness and we are tempted by idolatry. Uh, we are tempted by all the things of the desires that our flesh covets, right? This is the reality of the flesh. And I think all of us can attest to that in so many different ways. Now there's the world as well. You know, the world is there, uh, to turn you away. You turn on the TV, there's the world. You turn on the radio. If you listen to the radio still, I do, um, uh, you, 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 hear the world. Uh, when you turn on your cassette tape, if you still use cassette tapes, which I think are coming back, by the way, uh, uh, you there will also hear a glimpse of the world. And usually the world, uh, if you go on the internet, if you go on like yahoo.com or any of those news engine sites, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but it's very, uh, what's the word? Uh, a lot of the articles there really puff up oneself. It's all about puffing up your own pride or, or indulging in your own self-desires, your own selfishness and covetousness. So easy to do these, uh, there's a digital age, kind of the world uh, push these things up. And that's what we're facing. Because when these are being pushed up, at the same time, the Lord is being turned away, right? And then there's the devil who is that uh, main with his evil minions, who try to, well, turn us away from the Word of God, right? Instead of going to God in His Word and, and living in His name, um, it's, it's our stubborn flesh that continues to uh, want to live in our own way instead of the faith in Christ Jesus, right? Instead of taking up the cross and following the Lord, as Jesus says, to bear the crosses in our lives, uh, we, we fail to do that, and we'd rather do uh, what is comfortable, what is pleasing unto ourselves, uh, rather than trusting and living this life as a Christian. And that's always a temptation, right? That is always the temptation uh, to take control of it. Now, you know, I, um, I like this book a lot, uh, Teaching God's Children, um, A Guide for the Study of Luther's Catechism, and uh, it's by Robert Kolb a great a theologian, but it says right here in his book on page 113, a very uh, uh, affordable book too, um, if you're on a budget, but it says, uh, but the gospel has neither banned evil from our lives, nor has it lifted us out of this evil world. Christians live under the unceasing attack of God's foe. Those attacks, according to Luther's definition, are temptations. He did not interpret temptation here as testing or affliction, but rather as those attacks which the enemies of God mount against his people with attempts <clears throat> to persuade them to leave God's way of life behind. So temptation is <clears throat> found in the world, flesh, and the devil, and their main, the main um, uh, attraction to them is to turn um, and leave God's way of life behind. And what a great temptation this is, especially for Christians to live by our own rules, to live by our own laws, um, to, to place God by our own control and to put him in a box, thinking that at the end of the day that we are our own God. 
And that is the great temptation of the flesh. Uh, he continues, they come from three sources, uh, from uh, our own sinful desires, our flesh, the old Adam, as it hangs around our neck, luring us into a variety of defensive postures which go on the offensive to secure life on our own terms. Um, the world drives us to find meaning in our own control and independence in life, and that kind of self-seeking and conformity to its standards disrupts and destroys our peace. Shalom. The devil deceives, baits, and badgers us as he tries to give us a false identity by leading us into unbelief, false security, stubbornness, and then despair, blasphemy, and other sins of lesser significance. It's interesting because isn't that what the devil does? He says, oh, it's just a little part. You know, you could turn away a little. But then that little turns into a lot, and that a lot turns into an avalanche, and that avalanche turns into complete destruction, blasphemy, and unbelief. That is the ploy. Right? It's like I think if, as I give my uh, child um, a scoop of ice cream, if I give him that scoop, then um, he'll want more, and he'll want more, and he'll want more, and all of a sudden, um, that's, that's all he wants, and at the end of the day, he would have a major health problem, right? Um, so it, it's easy to, um, I, don't, I don't even think that's a good analogy, sorry. But I think you get what I mean is that, you know, it's so easy to say, oh, I'll just take a little and it'll be fine. It's hurting no one. And I'll just turn away just a little more, just a little more. And there the devil has you and in complete darkness. There you go. Right. And this is uh, this is not just the way it goes. That makes sense. Um, it's not like we just have the desire of self-control because we want control. Like it's just a superficial desire. No, this is a spiritual battle that we're facing. And um, when we uh, go on that dark side where we're in disbelief or we, uh, where we uh, live by our own independence or our own control, as uh, uh, Robert Kolb mentioned there, um, what's really happening is that we are battling the enemies of our faith that are trying to turn us away from God and His Word. I don't know if you can discern that in your life, but I, I pray that you do. Because once you do... You will be humbled by it, knowing that we need to go down in prayer and pray to the Lord that he may lead us not into temptation. Now, speaking of prayer, okay, so Mark 14, 38, this is Jesus praying at Gethsemane, right, right before he is to be betrayed uh, into the hands of men. Uh, there Jesus goes to pray, and he took uh, with him Peter and James and John, and he began to uh, be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Uh, the spirit indeed is willing, uh, but the flesh is weak. There's a lot that they were to face as disciples as Jesus was to go to the cross, and he tells them, watch and pray. Right? Watch and pray. Does that mean just keep your eyeballs open all the time? I have contacts, so I can't do that. <laughs> but uh, does it mean just physically to just always be watchful? No, it's watchful in prayer. Jesus prayed. For the will of God, and that will was to go to the cross, right? 
Jesus tells his disciples to pray. To pray, pray, and pray because what? The spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. Aren't we humbled by that, right? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We very well know that the flesh is weak. The world is on us. The devil is on us. Always trying to attack us in so many different ways. And how are we watchful? Do we just go on with our lives as if nothing is wrong or that we're not being tempted? No, we, we are very watchful. And how are we watchful? In constant prayer. We are humbled by this because we know we can't control the narrative. And our narrative is the fall. Our narrative is sin. And therefore, uh, we are humbled by that, knowing that as we battle the flesh that desires control, covetousness, independence, um, all these things of trying to find comfort by their own way rather than the Word of God, who is the shalom, this peace, right? The Irene, this Irene. Uh, we very well know that uh, he calls us to this um, oration, this oramos, right? This oratio, um, this, um, this giro, as we say in Korean brought out the Korean, right? Like that. So, so um, I speak conversational Korean, not fluent Korean. Let's get that straight, all right? Um, so uh, I don't even know what conversational Korean means, but I can survive on the streets of Korea if I had to. That's what conversational Korean is. So, um, or Mexico too. Conversational in Spanish too. Just an FYI for you people out there. I think I'm more actually more fluent in Spanish than anything. Well, English as you know, I speak. So, um, okay, moving on. So we see <laughs> that we are watchful, we pray, uh, because uh, the, the flesh is weak and we need the Lord's guidance. But when we talk about watchfulness, again, uh, that watchfulness on the Word, on prayer, meditating on Scripture, uh, praying upon Scripture, hearing the Word of God, right? Going to church, receiving the law of gospel, uh, the words of uh, absolution, right? Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, that uh, the Lord forgives you uh, of your, all of your sins, uh, to receive uh, the body and blood of our Lord uh, in the bread and wine for the forgiveness of our sins, all by the power of the Holy Spirit and, and the working of His Word. This is the Christian life, and prayer is there as well. Because we know that as children of God, right? Forgiven of our sins, redeemed and paid for as his children, the Lord hears our prayers. And when we pray, lead us not into temptation, we're praying for the Lord's strength. We're praying for the Lord's power to guard us because we need his help. We need his protection. As we see in James one, uh, 13 to 14, when we talk about temptation again, we need to be clear that God tempts no one. As it says right here, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Right? This is the reality of the flesh. We don't know why. Uh, we are still faced with this, right? We don't know why the Lord just didn't turn off the switch of temptation when he died for the sins of the world. And well, uh, I guess because it's finished, he would just uh, turn off uh, all the temptations that we have. But no, this is not the case. Uh, we still face it until his final return. We still face it as we live in this life. But that's okay. 
because we're praying to the Lord, lead us not into temptation. We're saying, uh, guide us and turn us away from the devil, the world, and the sinful nature. First uh, Peter 5, 8 to 9. I guess 6, six also looks good. So we'll read that as well. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, right? So that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you, right? Praying to the Lord, casting all your anxieties, your, your temptations, your fears onto him. Be sober-minded, verse 8. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Now, again, when we look at lions um, in, in, the, uh, in the zoo, uh, there's always a barricade there to protect people from being destroyed by the lion. And therefore, uh, when we talk about lions, that is the devil. That is how he is described because his aim is to devour you. I know that sounds gruesome, but just think about that. Uh, the devil's aim is to devour you. And how does he devour you? By turning, uh, turning you away from the word of the Lord. Right? It says, humble yourselves. Right? Why do we humble ourselves? Because we are under the mighty hand of God. He is our Father, and we know that because of our sin, uh, He comes and sends His Son to die for our sins and, so that we are His children. And because we are His children, He is our Father. Uh, we are under His protective care. But He does not, uh, uh, the Word reminds us uh, to be sober-minded. Right? To not, not be caught up in the drunkenness of this life. Because when we're caught up in the drunkenness of this life, uh, we fail to focus on what is true and what is right and who God is for us. And um, it's not just, you know, alcohol. It's, man, it's the material, you know, being fed all these things, uh, 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 being filled up by all uh, this digital age of technology and all the things that we could uh, kind of fill our cups with. And in that, uh, we get very distracted. It could be sports. It could be anything, right? Even the subtleties of our sin. It could be all these things, but the Lord is saying, be watchful. Be watchful in the Word. Be watchful in prayer. This is your armor of God uh, because you are facing an adversary that you cannot overcome yourself. But it is the mighty hand of God that does. Right? Remember that. And it says right there in verse 9, resist him, right? Resist him. How do we resist? Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. This is, no, uh, this is not just you. This is not just me. The temptations that we face are everywhere, are all around the world um, as we face this flesh. So be vigilant. Uh, be vigilant. Be vigilant, right? Vigilant. That should be a good word. Vigilant, right? Like revelant. I always say revelant or relevant. Revelant. No, relevant. Relevant, right? Vigilance. Vigilant. Vigilance, right? <laughs> to, be vigilant. to be vigilant, right? That is to cling uh, to God's word, right? To cling to the sacraments that he has given to you. To cling to the gospel. Uh, to cling to the promise, your great defense, that Jesus crushes the mighty head of Satan uh, through his work upon the cross. Um, because we know what we're up against. Again, Galatians 5.17 reads, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. That battle. Right? That's what we're up against until the day we die. 
So we see sober, watchful, resist all by the word, all by the word and prayer, right? And that's why we always go to the Lord in prayer because he is always listening and he is always answering. This is our great defense. It's so easy to forget what we're up against. But when we truly know, according to Scripture and according to this faith, what we're really up against, we know where we ought to go. And that's where the devil will try to lure us away from, the wrong battle. Right? We're always fighting. It's so easy to fight the wrong battle. And uh, that is where the devil's got us. But when we know what the true battle is, we definitely know where the remedy is as well. In the promise of Christ and in Him crucified, in the Word, in prayer, in the Gospel, the sacraments. Uh, this is, uh, this is uh, the picture of, of our lives because we very well know what it means to fall. We look at uh, um, the devil tempting um, Adam and Eve, right? To disobey God's Word in the garden. Uh, we see uh, the devil tempting Judas in his heart, right? Uh, as he betrays Christ. Uh, we see Peter, right? Trying to... Uh, say one thing, but yet do another as he, uh, as he is tempted by the world and, and um, his, own uh, his own life as he denies Christ three times. Uh, we also see King David in 2 Samuel as he uh, is tempted, as he, sees that, uh, as he sees that beautiful woman Bathsheba bathing uh, on the rooftop, I believe. And, and there he commits adultery, not only adultery, but murder, trying to cover up the pregnancy uh, by uh, subtly murdering in a, in a very drama-like way, a soap opera-type way, uh, Uriah, right? B uh, sending him on the front lines of battle, hoping uh, that he would die. And this is, this is our picture. This is our portrait. But yet, what does Jesus do? After he is baptized, he is thrown into the wilderness, right? By who? By the Spirit, right? He's thrown into the wilderness by the Spirit, and he is tempted by the devil. And there, um, though he is tempted, uh, he resists because he is sinless. He is perfect. He is God. And he overcomes and has a victory over the devil. That victory is yours. That is why you have victory, because of Christ's faithfulness all the way to the cross. We see at Gethsemane earlier about praying to the Father that His will be done. Jesus was faithful to the end as He was nailed to the cross for His sins. Not only to the, to the cross, but even three days later as He says, I will raise, I will, I will, on my own accord, I will take my life, but I will also uh, raise it up again. Right? I believe that is in the Gospel of John. And uh, clearly we very well know that uh, by His promise, um, um, He does give us this victory. But until then, uh, we will face the struggle. We will. It's a struggle, right? To take up our cross, to know what, what uh, we are up against, but yet at the same time, we know what the answer is, and that is Christ. Um, yes, Jesus was standing the temptation uh, from Satan and also giving victory over Satan, over our sin, and over death. So whatever is assailing you out there, I pray that in the moments of temptation that you may go to this petition. Lead us not into temptation. That the Holy Spirit may give you uh, the strength to overcome with the whole armor of God, uh, that uh, the Holy Spirit may turn you away from what is assailing you and, and pointing you to Christ, even pointing you to the forgiveness of sins. Right? It's a battlefield out there, but you're not, you're not going out alone. Uh, God is always with you. 
uh, protecting you by his mighty refuge. So it says in Romans 13, 14, as you go off, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Put on indeed the Lord Christ uh, through his word, through your baptism, um, as you put on Christ in your baptism. Uh, go forth um, in his name. I think that will do it for this time. Uh, blessings to you all as you uh, continue to uh, live as Christians and as you continue to live according to his word. Uh, may the Lord give you the courage uh, to, uh, to give you his almighty rescue um, from all of these things that attack us on a daily basis. Uh, may you pray that, uh, that you may overcome them uh, by the grace of God and that he may uh, turn you away um, and live according to his name. Again, uh, no one is perfect, right? Remember that. Uh, we're not perfect. Uh, we're all sinners. And though we pray lest we no, do not fall from our sin at, at times and in plenty of times, uh, we do. But there the Lord is for you in forgiveness. And that is a life of faith. Right? It's to face the battle with faith, knowing that though we may fall, we go back to Christ uh, with this childlike faith, asking for his and, and believing in, in the forgiveness that he has given to us. Um, and I think that's very important uh, because I know for all of us, temptation is, is mighty difficult. We face it every breathing moment. And um, how we deal with that is very important. And I think this petition really spells that out for us. So may this be a, a helpful application to you, application to you as you go off and live your vocations out in the glory of his name. And may the Lord bless and keep you um, all by the grace of God in Christ Jesus. May you all have a blessed day. And um, why don't we close with a word of prayer. And dearly Father, uh, you are our gracious Lord who continues to protect us. We know that um, Though we are saved and redeemed and paid for, we continue to face uh, the struggle with sin until the day we die. We pray uh, that you may ward us against, away from the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, that you may uh, uh, protect us from the deception of false belief and despair, um, that you may uh, continue to guard us from all the things that attack us, Lord, uh, that you may bring us uh, to victory. Lord, always uh, grant us this faith. Um, to face the battle ahead, uh, to face it with the armor of God, with the glory of your word, uh, with prayer. Uh, lead us by Christ and what he has done for us by the cross and by your spirit, guide us in your truth. Bless us and keep us and always uh, lead us by your grace. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, may you all have a blessed day. And um, adios. Thanks for listening to this study on Luther's Small Catechism. We hope this was helpful as you grow in the Christian faith and study of the Bible. For more information about Faith Lutheran Church, visit us on the web at faithmorepark.com.